Hey everyone, welcome to episode 123 of 15 with Andy and Randy. And this was the week I saw. Yeah, we thought I saw Jeff on Saturday in the food truck line, and he said, "I'll see you on Tuesday." Well, he's not back this week, uh, but I got a text that says he's going to be here next week. We'll so see. We'll, we'll we'll check back on next week. So that's going to take the first part of my introduction and just throw that right out the window. But I, what I wanted to do was a shameless plug because October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and a few weeks ago I stood before many of you in a pink tutu. For two services and invited you to join us in walking to raise awareness and advocate for people like my daughter, Emily. And this Saturday morning, we will be doing that walk at Lake Eola to accomplish both of those goals and so much more. If you're free, join many of your FHE church family members that are already signed up. You can swipe up in the episode notes for a link to all the details. Before we begin, last week we featured a rare double header, where in episode 122, we decided that God is calling the church. God is calling you and me to model and demonstrate and be lovers of our world, to be willing to lay down our lives and to take up our cross and follow Jesus on a path of self-sacrifice. Then the church founded in love will be able to love people into lifelong friendships with God. I like that. (laughs) I like that. It sounded good then. It sounded just better now when I read it, and it's certainly not my voice that made it sound better. Lifelong friendship with God. Mm. And in episode 122.5, We decided that conversations that engage the world in the good news of the gospel should be initiated using any and all means at our disposal as a church body. And the new web series, Ellen vs. the World, aims to do just that. So if you don't know anything about that, just scroll back in your timeline a little bit and you will find that episode and give it a listen. All right, let's see. On to this week, Fallen and Rescued, the church. This was part (laughs) two. Part two. And gosh, I don't know, Andy, God's kids were not faithful. This is the message synopsis that it started with. God's kids are not faithful. Instead of self, they became self-grasping. They sought their own glory to be like God. Every earthly ill can be traced to that single defect. Well, the good news is it appears, or maybe not good news, it appears that not much has changed since we've looked at this from a biblical context because this has been going on for a while now, and it leaves me to wonder. I'm, I'm taking notes while you were preaching this week, and I'm like, why doesn't God get tired of chasing after us and continue this mostly thankless pursuit that will, in the end, still fall short of his goal that none would be lost? Yeah. Goodness, if that doesn't set your heart on fire to say, <laughs> I know I wouldn't follow for even a fraction of as long as he's been at this, and yet... Everything that's happened, everything that we know, everything we talked about, there he is. Well, you might follow your daughters for a long time. Yeah, probably. And and we're sinful human beings. Uh, and so to think about a God of perfect love, having perfect love for his kids, mm-hmm. uh, from Adam and Eve to us, uh, he pursues them. He wants his family all together. But how does he do it? I mean, f- from a human standpoint, I guess. <laughs> I'm looking at this. God knows the beginning from the end. He can look back and see it. He can look <laughs> forward and see it. And if you knew all of the heartache and all of the stuff like we were going to talk about that has been done in the name of his church, and you just have to go, oh, yeah, how? But, <laughs> how? I think when we put in the context that Jesus comes to this planet, the great condescension of God, to really preserve the beauty of the freedom of choice hmm. so that we still have that freedom to make a choice about things 
and re- well, actually to restore the freedom of choice to us. Sometimes we wonder why why has to go on and why all the suffering and then all the you know those normal sure. questions. But it, you have to recognize that God is doing whatever is necessary so that that problem won't be eternal. Right. And same time, he as he does it, he's not going to force it because he's not a God of command and control. He's a God of love and, and draw and, and attract. And the world that we don't see and that we're not a part of watches right. all this. Sure. I mean, this is the, the craziest trial. This is the, <laughs> you know, pick whatever your favorite crazy trial of the past has been. Mm-hmm. And, and this is it for yeah. the whole universe to watch. Sure. But the fact that he's relentless and hasn't given up, I guess, given all that, shouldn't be a complete surprise. Because Jesus did give us an example of how we could go about this on earth. He took every opportunity to minister to those who society cast out as worthless and even worse. But always with love, no matter the sinner or the sin. But that makes me wonder if we still equate Jesus's justice today and his interactions with us personally, as we do from the biblical stories. You think about the woman in the well, Mm -hmm. the woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus. Do we still believe that he loves us that perfectly that we can look at a story and say, wow, he really went against the grain of everything and put this person in his hands and his love? <laughs> Do we still believe that he does that to us? Well, when we're reading the stories, we might believe it. But <laughs> yeah. a few minutes later, <laughs> it tends to slip out of our minds. It's like vision. It has We leak, and it just sort of leaks out of us this reality that the God of the universe, creator of everything, is beyond our imaginations in his splendor and who he is, wants us that much, that he loves us that much. We know we haven't performed, and we still have a little bit of a performance mentality. Yeah, We do have that still hanging on the back all the time just to – we can kind of like grab it out of our back pocket and go, I could certainly help out a little bit. Yeah, and our whole culture encourages – you get what you earn. Yeah. And so free grace, God wanting us more than we want him, is hard for us to sometimes put the pieces together. Hmm. It just made me think in looking at the Bible stories and go, pretty much just like you said, probably more important than we realize, even saying it's really important to Mm -hmm. pray. It's really important to be in your Bible. It's really important to read (laughs) these stories and to understand what Jesus was trying to tell us even today in these stories. But then when you realize how fast we let go of not only information, but really important things like love and being assured of things and that feeling of being accepted. And when we read those stories and we connect with it, how quickly it fades and how often we need to recharge that. Right. So I think that what we're striving for is this friendship relationship with God that is like one of your very best friends, the person that you think about, I have all this history with, yeah. and I don't see, but every three years now, or <laughs> you know, maybe longer even, but when we get back together, it is like time has stood still because our relationship is based upon something from the past that, we, that we've anchored it in. And so I think the stories of the Bible, studying that, knowing those things, that's true, but the whole goal of it is relationship with God, friendship with God. Yeah, uh, And so it's not about, do I know all the facts? Have I learned all the verses? Can I explain all the truth? It's really about, am I in friendship? Am I in the relationship with God and having that happen for me on a regular basis? Those friendships that never seem to grow old and those yeah. friends that you see after so many years <laughs> and you pick up the conversation like it was yesterday, even though it's been 20, 25, maybe sure. longer. And again, that makes you feel like in those times when you have a great relationship with God, that's kind of how you see them. That's kind mm-hmm. of how you feel them. And it takes 
that same thing. How many, how much did you feed that relationship sure. and how much more given the importance of the friendship with God than it is just someone here on sure. earth? Sometimes here on earth, we're playing little games. They really want to be in friendship with me. They not want to be, you know, yeah. how much do they really want me around after all? And, and to recognize that when we're talking about God, he's made it infinitely clear that he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be in communion with each other. With each other, yeah. yeah. Well, and looking at this, we talked about, what was it, fallen and rescued? Yeah. And about the sins of the past of the church mm-hmm. and how that can affect us. I felt like we almost need to realize that our relationship with Christ is as dependent as anything to keep the church and to keep ourselves, because we're all part of the church, sure. from recreating these sins of the past. Well, part of the challenge, too, is that our shared history as a church are really the things you focus on. So we can focus on the Inquisition. We can focus <laughs> on the witch trials in Salem. We can focus on the Crusades. We can focus on these big black spots in our history. Or we can say, you know, it's really fascinating that in every continent of the world, maybe I don't know Antarctica, but anyway, yeah. you know, people have gone there and have self-sacrificed for the benefit of humanity, whether it's hospitals or schools or all kinds of caregiving for the community, have their basis, uh, women's rights, civil rights, justice, law. I mean, we looked at all those things just briefly in that video we watched. Yeah. And it all has its roots in God's call to be his church and to, to bring to the world what Jesus was trying to bring to the world. And those are the things that usually get brought up yeah. when someone's <laughs> like, oh, you Christians. Yeah. Well, yeah, you talk you talk fancy now and you talk about social justice and you talk about all these different things that are questions that we wrestle with and situations that we deal with in our world all the time today. And often we're painted on the wrong side of those issues simply because, well, same thing, the, sure. you know, the Inquisition and all of the, the Salem witch trials and all these things. Well, you guys can't possibly be, you can't have any authority. You can't speak to this because look at your past. Mm-hmm. Deception. And the people who say it's a deception of the masses, it's just, you know, it's an opiate for the people and, you know, all these kinds of things. There are terrible chapters in the history of the Christian faith and in the individual Christian lives. Sure. Uh, terrible things that happen in the news today, even. But that doesn't negate the fact that if you put the scales out there and said what Christianity has done for the world versus what Christianity has hurt the world, scales, you know, they tip in the favor of what they've done for good for the world. Yeah. I like to equate it with America mm-hmm. because America, as everybody knows, <laughs> has plenty of sins in its past that we wished weren't there. Some in its present. <laughs> well, yeah, in the present every day. But things that we wished we would have handled differently as a sure. country and as a nation and it's on all of us in a way because we're all Americans. Right. But at the same time, no other country has done as much worldwide just in, in positives. Right. I mean that, again, you mm-hmm. have to put those on the on the scale and balance them out. So the fact that we're not perfect yeah. is not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is what are the good things that have happened and how can we, more, even more than looking back and seeing how the church has done some bad things and how it's done some really positive things in the history, how do we as followers of Christ today – build a new history of the positive and how do we protect ourselves and the church and the larger institutions of church from negating the good stuff? Right. And that was one of my questions was, do we go back and try to answer for or apologize or what's our role 
as Christians today looking back at our history? Yeah, I think acknowledging the negatives as well as the positives and just owning it. And then I thought one of the interesting things was that that when we talk about the negatives of the church, the things the church has done badly yeah. right, to, to people or to this culture or whatever are in direct opposition to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so let's at least look at what's supposed to be. So there have been some bad church leaders. They've done some <laughs> bad things, but they weren't following Jesus' directives for what the church is to be. Right. And it's not always up to the followers who gets appointed to those positions of power. Mm -hmm. So you can't just throw the whole group out and say, and there's so many denominations and there's so many different pieces and parts. And whenever a church is seeking power or seeking attention for itself versus pointing people to Jesus, there's some degree of failure right there. Yeah. Uh, Because he said, you know, you take up your cross, you got to give up your life to have it. You know, he who's first is last, last is first. And and so there's a there's a certain letting go that must take place uh, to really be a follower of Jesus. It's not a prideful, uh, or aren't I so great for what I've done kind of thing. Sure. So were the positive moments in the history of Christianity more broadly understood in those time periods? I mean, were they given credit, for lack of a better term, saying, man, look at those Christians. They're, they're advocating for these things. Or was that voice kind of lost just in the rush yeah. of everything? Because looking back, it's easy to see. But it's hard to imagine in today's culture that anyone could spin the positives of Christianity without immediate backlash or at least downplaying by a quick reminder and then the history lesson of kind of trying to negate your... It'd be a fascinating study right now. We just had Hurricane Michael hit the panhandle. Right. So here we are in Florida, this devastating uh, hurricane that just wiped out, you know, house after house after house there and stuff. It'd really be fascinating to do a study right this minute. I don't have the means to do this, but who's on the scene helping? Right. Who's there cutting down trees? Who's bringing food and water and taking care of the people in that community? In whose name is that being done? My guess is there's a, there are a lot of Christian organizations that are there trying to help. Now, sure. at, this, at the same time, are there some people who call themselves Christians who might be taking advantage? That's very possible. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because, because as we talked about, I think about three weeks ago, the church is always two churches. Uh, <laughs> the, whenever we say the church, yeah. the, Jesus said the wheat and the tares, tares are growing together, and there are some boogers among us, and we're not supposed to try to pull them out and get rid of them. We're supposed to figure just let the, wait till the harvest, and <laughs> Jesus will take care of it at the end. <laughs> but it does cause some consternation because you end up having these two competing voices, both calling themselves the church. And so you have to look at what those groups who are calling themselves the church are doing and how does yeah. that line up with what Christ called us to? Sure. And if it doesn't line up with what Christ called us to, you can call yourself whatever you want to, but it's not the church. Right. And then as individuals, who's actually doing things when you see them when they don't know you're looking? Right. And what are they doing? And does that <laughs> reflect that as well? I, I'm glad you mentioned the video earlier because I really felt like it presented the good and the bad in a pretty straightforward, easy-to-understand, linear fashion, kind of a timeline to explain everything. And in the video when it was discussing the stains of Christianity, I like the way it communicated what I think a lot of us feel. It said Christians clearly affirm that all people are flawed. So it's no surprise that Christianity's track record, like everyone else's, is less than perfect. And then to speaking to stains like the Inquisition, the Crusades, the Salem Witch Hunts, Some of the most obvious stains, it pointed out that those who committed those acts, like you said, were acting in direct contradiction to the teachings and life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So 
if you're listening and you didn't catch the message, I wouldn't miss that video. And I went to YouTube and I just saved it to one of the videos I want to watch later to just be able to watch it again. It'll always be in that feed because I think that we need to understand and to be able to voice our love of the way Jesus lived his life Mm -hmm. and gave us that blueprint so that we can talk about it to others without them just immediately saying, well, that's negated because of all these bad things. Sure. When there's other side that we can say in love, yeah, you're right. Exactly. We're not going to shy away from it, but you're, you're right. We did some bad things, but man, we did some good things too. And then to call the church to accountability, the transition of women in society pre-Christ, post-Christ was dramatic. I mean, Paul writes, there's no Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave or free. That was a radical transition, the way Jesus treated women. But we've seen the church fall backwards to to making women second-class citizens again at different points in history. Sure. And so I, I think it's important that the church, in order to be the church, had that same voice that Jesus had about, for instance, the issue of women's rights. That's sure. a great illustration. Well, and I think it just it behooves each of us to really understand the past so that we don't kind of look like a deer in the headlights when yeah. someone does <laughs> ask a question or bring it up like, well, were you aware? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I was. It's always a good idea. So this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, where will you invest and what darkness will you make light as the body of Christ in 2018? Mm. Now that mean, if there's a question right now, this may be the most important one we ask ourselves. Because if we're going to call ourselves and more importantly, actually live our lives as the body of Christ, it's easy to rest on beliefs or doctrines. But when we take an honest assessment and what role we've truly and honestly played as our role in the body, we may be overestimating our impact just a little. So something to think about. Go be light, go be salt. (laughs) Go be light, go be salt. And finally, a short blurb from the end of Andy's message, which said, take courage, church. It won't be by your might or by your power, but it will be by my spirit, says the Lord. Man, uh, doggone it, I hate it when our conclusions are reminders that the responsibility is not ours for God's plan to be realized in our lives or in his church. But nothing in our lives should bring us more comfort and more resolve to put away our self-grasping and embrace the self-giving that allows the world to know that we are his followers by our love. It's a good one to remember this week and pretty much every week ongoing. So this week we are... This week we have a great guest speaker, uh, Ernie hmm. Bursey, Dr. Ernie Bursey, oh, right. teaches right. at Adventist University, and he will be our speaker. We'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 2, the tearing down of walls as one of the parts of being hmm. a church. And for a church whose vision is, is a, a church without say. walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community, and also within our denomination, some of the historical things that have taken place this last week, yeah. I think might find their way a little bit, at least in uh, some teachings into the into the of that sermon. Well, now, come on. Be honest with yourself. You know you don't want to miss that. And we'll do our best to see if we can catch up with him next week. Oh, goodness. I'm not going to be here. We'll have to figure something out. Okay. Just real quick, that YouTube link will be in the episode notes. So do just swipe up if you're on iTunes or go to hospitalchurch.org slash podcast and everything will be there so that you can go back and watch it if you did miss it. Or you can catch the sermon and you can watch it there pretty much anytime you want. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you as always, to Andy and Tom, Jeff, we'll be looking forward to you next week. Do join us again next Wednesday for Jeff and episode 124. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.